Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Green Dragon Podcast. We are we have a great guest today. Um, his name is Nico Logan, um, influential entrepreneur, men's coach, AI specialist, social media strategist, sales expert, author and host of the Thought Provoking Podcast and Men Helping Men uh, show, um, including the Nico Logan Show. With more than 100,000 followers, his content currently gets 5 to 10 million monthly views. Um, he's appeared on TV, radio, and podcasts like Sean Kelly's Digital Social Hour. And um, we're super excited to have him join us. Um, we've been trying to set it up for a few weeks now, but <laughs> finally got it done. So welcome yeah, to the show, Nico. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um. So I thought maybe we could just talk about like your journey. You said, um, I read that it was like about a 10 year span where you're kind of in a place that you didn't want to be like a dark path, you know, um, kind of in the criminal world. So if you could just tell us like what that was like, and then what caused that epiphany for you to like choose the life you have now? You know, I talk about this all the time, but the importance of fathers in a boy's life. And, you know, my parents got divorced. I was 14 years old. My dad afterwards, like he moved on his own. My mother, my sister and I got like we moved together. But yeah, he basically disappeared. Like he was there for, for less than a year was around and then he completely disappeared. Like he, I'm Canadian, so I can talk provinces, but it'd be the equivalent of living in Richmond, Virginia, and then moving to california that like that's basically what he did and afterwards i like once my parents got divorced i saw him a handful of time by the time he died and i was 29 so i think in 15 years i saw him maybe five times give or take and it had been at least nine years by the time he died but the point is that once you remove that father figure you remove that the, you know the person that's supposed to be your role model he's supposed to be the one giving you discipline he's supposed to be the one keeping you on the right track like we were talking about before recording about the the young man that's stealing those cell phones and nobody's doing anything you know that that man was not raised by a father at least not a good man mm -hmm. and you know i was when i look at it when i look back at it now obviously i was pissed off and I was looking, but the, the real thing, I was looking for a role model. Without realizing it, I was looking for a role model. And back then, I loved rap, but not like the rap you see today, like gangster rap, like the Wu-Tang, the Tupac. You look at Mop Deep, you look at Biggie, you look at the guys that, like Bone Thug and Harmony, Easy e you're looking at guys that grew up in the ghetto and that made a boatload of money that smokes drugs, that do drugs, sell drugs. They party all the time. So those are my hero. So I'm 14 years old. This is who I'm looking at. And I don't have a father figure in my life to tell me I'm wrong. So guess what happened? Within a year and a half, I'm dropping out of school. All I'm doing, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. I'm drinking every day. I'm basically smoking every day. I'm a thief. I sell drugs to support my habits. All I want to do is to write rap music, thinking that, I'd be the first white rapper. And, and as funny as this sounds, this was prior to Eminem, right? This oh, yeah. actually was, uh, well, I'm 42 years old. So this was prior to Eminem starting, but those were my ideas. And mm -hmm. that's all I did for seven years until my early 20s. But I was living by myself. I was 17 years old. It's, you know, 
statistics shows you that mothers, single mothers produce terrible sons. Mm. Like the, the track record is absolutely, absolutely brutal. And it makes sense because we need a masculine figure. And if you don't give one to your kid, they will do exactly like I did and they will look for one. And I'm lucky because looking back, like I made a video about this yesterday, but I was, I, I've always been a very aggressive person by nature. By nature, I'm very aggressive. That's why I meditate. That's why I do martial arts. This is why I work out, like to try to calm myself down. But, you know, back then I didn't understand that. I got in a lot of fights. Mm. I was pissed off all the time. I was angry. I was always a high. I was always drunk. Mm. I was selfish. I was not a good person. And I didn't care about nobody else outside of myself and a few of my friends. But outside of that, I did not care. I've done a lot of dumb things that some of my friends ended up in jail for. Some of my friends died because of our stupid behavior. So there's a lot of things that I've done that should have put me in jail. Luckily, it did not. But this lasted for years because, you know, as bad as this sounds for my mother, she gave up. At one point, she gave up. And by the time she found a good man, my stepfather, even if it's, it was just a couple of years, not even after, it was too far. It was too. It, it was too. It, it was too late. I didn't listen anymore. By the time I was, by the time I realized that I did not not have what I wanted, and I started looking for it, I knew what I wanted. I'm like, you know what? This is what a man is. This is what I'm going to try to be. And whoever doesn't fit that mold, I really don't care. Mm -hmm. So as much as good as the, my stepfather was, as good as a, a great man as he was, I wasn't listening anymore. But one day I was sitting on the floor of my apartment. I was getting evicted for like the third time in four years because with a guy with a, with a property that I rented for a long time, I would not rent to myself. I wouldn't have rented to myself back then. Like all I did is party every day. I'm not a very good tenant. So mm. I was getting evicted for the third time in about four years. And I had no place to go. I was literally sitting on the floor of my apartment with no place to go. Just what am I going to do? I had an opportunity where obviously when you do the type of stuff I was doing back then for a while, you start getting people that are more involved, are higher and higher that do more heavy stuff. Right. And I had an opportunity of starting to produce the drug instead of just selling it. So it's almost a promotion when you think about it, right? I was moving up, but the opportunity was not now. There was still a little while before I was getting there. So I was sitting in a situation where I had no place to go and I had no opportunity right now. And somehow, I don't know if you believe in God, I don't know if you're a Christian, if you believe in this stuff, but I stopped believing in coincidences that day. Like my, my phone rang it was my mother, which we weren't close. Like we've never been that close, quite frankly, but uh -huh. we weren't, we weren't close. And somehow she found the urge to call me to me. God spoke to me through my mother. And she asked me a very simple question. Are you happy? Mm. It's a heavy question when you're just sitting there about to get evicted. You have no place to go. You're like, are you happy? Well, no, I'm not. Like that's not yeah. a very <laughs> not <laughs> it's not it's not a very hard question to answer, but you know, unless you're 
unless you're hurting, unless you're really hitting rock bottom, you never change. Like I get mm. people ask me this question all the time. Where do you find the motivation to change? You don't. Mm. Motivation will not make you change. Motivation is, is based on your emotions. Why do you think something like 90 or 95% of people that take New Year's resolutions fail? And it's something incredible, like 75% within the first two weeks or month, they already quit. That's because it's based on emotion. But emotions, when you're good, very motivated. Yeah. When you're not feeling good, guess what? No motivation whatsoever. Right. But I'm in a situation where I need to make a choice. I, I need to do something and I'm not happy. But what she said next is really something I had never considered. She asked me, she, she, she asked me, are you, if you want, you can move back home. I don't have, like, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to do something if you choose to go back to school. Because I had three years of high school back then. Like, I was a high school dropout. I had no education. So she's like, I can't pay for, if you're going back to school, I can't help you. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to, to do what needs to get done. But I can give you. I can put a roof over your head, mm -hmm. but it's something I had never considered. Like until then I had never, never, it had been four or five years that I was living on my, by my own and I had never considered it before. And that same night I moved back with my mom mm. and within the span of two and a half years, give or take, I had a high school equivalency. I had gone to a technical college, like the equivalent of your DeVries here in the U.S., like an 18-month fast-track program. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, within the span of about three years, not even, I was, I stopped doing drugs. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. Seeing all of my friends, I completely cut off everybody from my life. Mm -hmm. Went to move to my mother's, did some AA meetings, did some NA meetings, stopped all the drugs I were doing, found a job, got back to school. And within three years, I was graduated. I had discovered the gym and I was entering the corporate world. Wow. That's quite a transformation. I mean, I'm very grateful that my parents stayed together and then um, my dad gave me the opportunity when I was young to work in his business. So he had, he had a, like a garden center slash plant nursery. So like I, I heard of like, you know, what can happen really in the public life, like public schools. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I knew some people that had divorced parents and it was really hard on them. So I, it, it's understandable when you think about like, if you don't have someone there to show you what you should do, it's very mm -hmm. easy to go places you shouldn't. Um, and, and you know, what, what sucks about this is, and this is why it's interesting that my lack of father is now my main motivation for all my content, for everything that I do every day yeah. is based on the fact that I did not have a father. So I realize how important it is for a boy, a young man, even a full grown man to have, masculine figure to follow mm -hmm. it's it's always interesting when you look at it when yeah. your biggest if you can raise above your biggest failures or your biggest locks turn them into a, a, a life lesson you can then dedicate yourself to that same thing that could have destroyed you and help others not go down the same path yeah 
Do you listen to Ed Milet? Have you heard of him? Hold on. Uh, I'm going to Google him right now because the name does not sound familiar, but I'm terrible with names. I can barely remember mine. So Ed, uh, what did you say? Ed Milet. Yeah. yeah. You, you, uh, my phone is not li my phone is not listening to me at all, right? I just typed in oh. ED and it it continued. Yeah, yeah, sure. I never looked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who that guy is. Yeah. Okay. He's a he's a big boy. Yeah, he's he the one. I think that he does a lot of he does videos at the gym sometimes, right? Because uh, I think I saw a video of him. He was he's a big he's a big guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was at the gym and he saw this handicapped woman that was working out, and he went to see her and. He just thanked, congratulated her. I do the same thing when I'm at the gym. If I see somebody very inspirational, I'll just go, hey, continue doing what you're doing. You don't know it, but you're you're motivating everybody in here. Congrats mm. to you. And I just leave. Like, I'm not here. I, I Continue working out, but I just want you to know I see you. And he did something like that. And he was talking about it in a podcast. And he's crying. He's a big yeah. guy. And he's just sitting there. He's like, I went to see this woman just to thank her. And he's like, Bleh. and he's just <laughs> crying. But yeah, yeah, I know the guy. Sorry. What? No, yeah, I know he, the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he's he a cool talks. Dude. He's cool. I, I've been following him for quite a few years now. And he talks about um, how the things that are your trials now or in their past yep. are what qualify you to help other people in those situations. So, you know, yeah. men, bo um, well, boys are born, men are made through trials and tribulations. Mm hmm. 100% agree. I say this all the time. I say it all the time. I think about it all the time. It's boys are born, but men are made through trials and tribulations. Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, you don't change until you hit rock bottom. Motivation is not enough. You need to be hurt. You know, th this is my realization that I've had over the years. Mm -hmm. If you want to change, you're only going to change when continuing to do what you're doing right now is more painful than changing. Yeah. Because nobody wants to change. Human beings, even our organism, like even our DNA is lazy. We're not going to change just to change. We're going to change when we're forced to change, when we need to adapt. And it's right. the same thing for people. To change, they need to hurt more it needs to hurt so bad to continue doing what they're doing that it's no longer an option that the easiest option is to change this is why the comfort zone is such a it, it's such a destroyer of life because mm. most of the people that are stuck in the comfort zone never really hurt yeah i'm not saying that they didn't have hard times it's not what i'm saying but you've never been in a point where you're losing everything where you got nothing else anymore and you can literally not continue doing what you're doing right now. You cannot. It's not a possibility or else it's basically suicide. You're you're basically killing yourself every day. But this is why the comfort zone is so bad. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, parents now teach their kids to be comfortable all the time. They don't want them to be hurt. They don't want their feelings to be hurt. They have competition medals just because they showed up so we're we're teaching our kids now our youth that suffering is not good that pain is not good that we live in a world of fairies and unicorns where everything needs to be awesome all the time that we we even have we 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 build 
fake environment to protect them, to shield them from the outside world. Yeah. And we even have a name for it. It's called a safe space. We see them all the time now. Yeah. You think those guys, th those kids are going to be able to function properly when they're older? Look at what's going on right now. Look at the guy I was talking about earlier that feels the need to just go and steal in front of people because he knows nothing's going to happen. Do you think that a guy like me has ever grabbed him and knocked him out? No, of course not. Because if he did, you know that guy wouldn't do that in Texas. That guy wouldn't yeah. do that in Alabama. He, he wouldn't because that no. guy would get shot. Yeah. There would be consequences. There would be somebody in the crowd there that would have taken him, that would have taken him down. Mm -hmm. Something would have happened. But this is what you see. This is the consequences of having boys being raised by without a father. And unfortunately today, statistics shows you that about a third of young boys, of boys and young men are raised in a house in a household without their biological father present. Wow. So I used to be an exception. Like yeah. 30, 25 years ago, Ooh. I was an exception. Today, a third. It's crazy. That's a lot of boys that are yeah. being raised by single mothers that don't have a masculine role model in their life, and especially not their fathers. Yeah. It's devastating towards them. Like... It's devastating towards them. It's devastating towards society. Because if you look at it, men are supposed to serve. Yeah. Look throughout history. Men are selfless. Mm -hmm. You are supposed to be a leader to your family, to your community. But as any great leader will tell you, you only lead by serving the people that you lead. Yes. Yeah. Great leaders your followers are never going to listen to you if you're not a good leader. You can mm -hmm. force them to do it like the government does, but real leaders will serve the people. They're, they lead them because they want to help the people that they're leading. This is why good leaders exist. And this is what we need. This is what a good man is. This is what happens. Like we have this this idea that a leader needs to be in front of an army or run a country mm -hmm. a leader is somebody that's leading his family yeah that's a leader right there it's a leader that takes that takes the opportunity to help others in his community mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that there's a camera stuff in your face that you're going to put that on facebook no, no no you're just helping others become better people because you have the knowledge and you know how and you have the will to do so but this is what good men are like good men have virtues that they live by that dictate the way they act the way they behave through life mm -hmm. and at, at at our core if you read the bible for example it's all about serving it's yeah. all about don't ask me what i can do don't ask me what you can do for me. Ask me what I can do for you. Right. Right. And this is what it comes down to. And this is what is that this is what's not taught anymore. Everybody's so selfish, narcissist. They only care about themselves. Mm -hmm. And we wonder why we live in a society that nobody cares, that there's no compassion, there's no empathy, there's no the only reason people help other people is to create content, it looks like. Yeah, like people don't it doesn't seem that there's a lot of genuine people out there that just want to help because they know that that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah.
No, I'm totally agree with you. It's it's really sad to see how like I wonder if, if the reason why people become as selfish as they've become is because they don't have responsibility. Like I think like for like in my own upbringing, um, my parents gave me like lots of chores to do around the house. Like I had animals, like there were things that if I didn't take care of them, there were consequences. And what you're saying with that safe space, if there's no consequences for your actions, then you have no really understanding of reality. So then when you come out in the real world, when there is stuff happening, they're helpless. They can't do anything. And then a helpless man just makes problems because he's not there to actually make a solution for what he sees as a problem. Look at what the, well, let me ask you this. What do you think is the biggest problem in society as a whole? Like what is the number one problem that we face? I would say the loss of faith. Accountability. Oh, Yeah, yeah, I didn't think that. Yeah. You said it you said it yourself, but I've pondered this question for years. I've been asked that question for years and recently I'm like, you know what? It's accountability. Mm. Yeah. Actually, when you say L that, yeah. Look at any problem out there, I will be able to identify somebody somewhere that did not want to do their job that did not want to do what they were supposed to do, that are looking for others to do it for them, that are victims, that are just it's never their fault. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge one. So, but that's a lack of accountability because it sucks to be accountable. Mm -hmm. It really sucks to be accountable because it really shows you that you're not that great of a person. Yeah. You know, I was just on a phone with a client uh, just before I jumped on here and we were talking about the Bible and I was telling him like this year, one of my, since the beginning of the year, I normally read a lot. I normally read a good, two books a month, three books a month. Like I try to keep, like I read a lot, sometimes more. But this year I'm like, I'm not going to read anything outside of the Bible. I will go cover to cover, mm. but I'm reading it. I'm studying it. I'm not just reading it. I'm studying, doing research. I'm spending one or two hours every morning now doing it. And you know what I come to realize? I am not a good person. Even to this day, even with all this accountability, all this awareness, I'm not that great of a person. Mm. I have so many so many weaknesses there's so many things that i do that are wrong they're not as compassionate as i should be mm. maybe i'm rude to people sometimes maybe i get an argument with my girlfriend and i was wrong or i could have acted better i could have been more polite like there's i could have been more helpful mm -hmm. to people and this is why i'm a big fan of the bible you read it and it's like oh balls that's yeah. how i'm supposed to behave <laughs> i have a lot to learn i am not there yet there is a lot for me to learn and i'll probably never get there but i'll always keep on trying but this is hard for people to agree to this is hard for people to say you know what go stand in a mirror take your whole clothes off go naked just look at your start look at your body do you like what you see no it's your fault yeah it is that's the you know, hardest thing to accept is it's your fault but start with the body like don't even go don't even start digging into your mind or your behavior start easy go naked in front of a mirror do you like what you see yes awesome no your fault you know what even if you like what you see it's your fault too so good for you yeah 
Yeah, this exactly. is where the where it's powerful, right? It's it, it works on both sides, but start right there. This is something I, I recommend to everybody. Take your clothes off. Are you happy about what you see? No. What you gonna do about it? Are you gonna blame others? Are you gonna say that it's because you know I get that all the time. I'm 42 years old and I still have a six pack because I work out all the time. I'm I do a lot of fasting. Like I I just finished my second three day fast in a month and a half. So I, I, I'm very careful about the way I treat my body, about what I put in it and the way I, I train my mind. But a lot of people tell me how hard it is. I'm like, hey, bro, stop it. I've been hitting the gym five times a week for 20 years. Stop. Yeah. You're not going to get any, any, oh, I feel bad. No. You don't like what you see, your fault. But at the same time, you have the power to change something. Right. You are, you, you have the power, you know, you look at most Americans, they treat their cars better than they do themselves. They take mm -hmm. better care of their cars than they do their own bodies. And you can push even further. How can you ever expect to feel good if you treat your body like a dumpster? Yeah. yeah. And again, but this is all accountability. And we haven't started to hit your mind yet. We're just talking your body. Like I... I'm working on my second book right now and I'm looking at some statistics and it's brutal. Did you know that 42% of Americans are obese? I heard that. That's insane. 42%. Just over 30%. It's just about 32% of Americans are overweight. That's 74% of people right there. 74% of people are not in good condition physically and we're not even talking cardiovascular we're just talking how much do you weigh by how tall you are wow 74 percent of people three out of four people are in poor physical condition That's i was um one of my buddy was on a podcast with hmm. it was grant cardone he was on a podcast with him and oh. grant cardone looks at him he's like hey um you have a six pack. He's like 25 or 26. He's absolutely jacked. Of course he has a six pack. He stands up and he's like, he shows his abs, right? He's like, did you know that one out of 10 Americans is a millionaire, but it's 10 times harder to have visible abs than it is to become a millionaire. Whoa. There's 10 times less people that are physically fit, like really fit than there are millionaires. Think that for a second. Wow. Like I was watching a video the other day. They were saying that less than it's like 0.5% of the men out there are capable of bench pressing two plates. Like two plates is, is heavy, but it's not that heavy. Even with a busted elbow, I can do that. No problem. Yeah. But less than a percent. Wow. It, it's insane. That's when pathetic. you start. <laughs> yeah. You tell me, but this is why to me, you know, I talk about the five values of a good, the five virtues of a good man. And yeah, courage is always the number one. Cause if you don't have the balls to do something, you're never going to do anything. Plus you're not dependable. People yeah. can't rely on you. If you're a coward, nobody can trust you because they never know the way you're going to respond to any mm. given situation. We cannot anticipate your behavior. You might be okay. You might run away. You might leave me alone. Like you can't trust somebody that doesn't have courage. And mm for somebody to do what he knows to be true it takes courage to stand up for what he believes in it takes courage even if it's as simple as being at work and saying what your boss needs to hear not 
what he wants to hear, to have the balls to say, you know what, sir, you're wrong, and this is why you're wrong. Mm. Be the, you know, as Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world, but mm -hmm. that takes courage to do that. But the second virtue of a good man is to be a protector. Mm. But I use the word protector because it's important for men to def to know to have the skills to defend their families, yeah. to know how to defend themselves, their families, to understand firearms, weapon training, to understand how to, if somebody walks into your house, what do you do when you're walking somewhere at night? Be aware of your environment. Understand how you can de-escalate a situation. Like understand how to take care of your family. But in order to get there, you need to build skills. You need to be physically fit. You yeah. need to have a base in order. You're not going to walk. You're not just, I don't care how ripped you are right now. Walk into a martial arts gym without ever training. I don't care that you're jacked. You're going to gas out within a couple of minutes of you doing something because you do not have those skills. But the thing is, though, this is taking over your body. Mm. Mastering your body, mastering your physicality, your physique is the number one step to start to master your mind. Mm. Because your body is a machine. You're supposed to treat your body like an engine, just yeah. like you do your car. Can you really expect to put cheap gas or bad gas in your car and your, your engine is going to work properly? Of course not. Think about your motor, your engine. That's your brain. If you're not feeding it properly, if you're not treating your physique with the respect that it deserves, your brain will never operate to the level that it can. Yeah. And you'll never know what that level is until you get there. Mm -hmm. So this is why I always say it starts with the physique. It starts with the body. Yeah. And if you're going to take care of your body, might as well become a protector at the same time because I don't care that you have a family or not right now. Eventually, you'll need to have those skills. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, the third virtue is to be a provider. But mm -hmm. provider is more than just making money. Provider is providing a safe space for your children at home. There's one safe space mm -hmm. in the world that exists. It's at home. And that mm -hmm. is the job of a father to establish a safe space. Your kids need to know that you're the protector that they need, that some if somebody walks in, you're going to take care of them. Yeah. You're going to be able, you want to be able to make enough money to have enough resources for your kids to thrive. Because if you look at the way humans are, at the way our body works, the way our brain works, you can only be in two states. You're either mm. state of survival, where your brain will never acquire new knowledge because it's always on alert. It's always all it will, it will dedicate all of its power to survive. Mm. So if you don't have food to eat, what do you think your, your, your mind is going to go? Food. This yeah. is all you're going to think about. You're always going to be worried about that. If you always have to defend yourself against other people, you don't have the time to just sit down, put a book with a coffee and start reading. You can't. You're always in a protective mode. So if you're surviving, your kids will never thrive. Mm. So you need to be able to give them an environment where they will feel secure. They will have the resources that they need to learn. And mm -hmm. study shows that in order for a woman to be a great mother, Mm -hmm. She needs to be in a protected environment. Mothers thrive when they feel secure. This is when they're the best mother. Because again, they don't have to worry about surviving. Right. They're just there to teach their kids about emotional intelligence, to care for them, to show them compassion, to show them what caring for other people is, to love them. Because this is what women are brilliant as. Yeah. And this is why, you know, 
men become protectors. They provide in order to have that environment that's the best environment possible for their kids to, try, for, to thrive, for their women to thrive. Mm -hmm. This is why I was saying at the beginning, men are supposed to serve. Mm -hmm. Men are always serving. Why do you need to be courageous? Because there are people that depend on you. Yeah. Why do you need to be a protector? Because people depend on you. Why do you need to become a provider? Because people depend on you. But, you know, providing also means that you're providing love to your children. They understand that you're there for them, that you can make money. If you discover what your natural skills are and make as much money as you can with those skills, develop your natural skills, not, oh, I want to do this. No, passions, that passion are for older men that has taken care of their family, that their family is not dependent on them anymore. Once you're at that stage, when you're in your end of your 30s, 40s, start thinking about your passions. Mm -hmm. Most people during their 20s and their 30s need to do what they're good at to make as much money as they can to support their family. Don't don't and you don't do it for you, you do it for them. Yeah. Yeah. But that means developing your mind. That means developing your skills. That means becoming smarter. That means surrounding yourself with great people, looking at who your inner circle is. Who are the people that you allow around you? Because those people are going to make you. You are the sum of the five people closest to you. Yes. If the people around you are, are guys that like to party, watch the game on Sunday, get drunk, guess what you're going to do? The exact same thing. But if you're surrounded by guys like me, they're always working. They're always trying to get better. They're always trying new things. They're always learning. That's going to that's gonna make you want to do the same thing. Yeah. So be very careful about you need to develop your mind. And a provider is develops his mind and understands who's around him. Then you need to build temperance because as men, we're aggressive. Mm. We have testosterone running through your body. Imagine this. You're, you're working out every day. You're good on your diet. Your testosterone is flowing. Yeah. You need to know how to tame the beast. You need to know how to leash that beast to know when to use it. Yeah. But 99.999% of the time, that beast is on a collar, on a chain strapped to the side of the house. It ain't, it ain't need to be used. It's only used when it needs to be. But you need to learn how to build temperance. Mm. You need to understand how to be able to step back from any given situation and look at it for what it is. Because, you know, there's three things you control in life. You control your emotions, you control your actions, and you control your reactions. That's it. That's all we got. And if you don't control these... They will control you. Mm. There's two choices in life. Your emotions control you or you control your emotions. But we got to be careful because when I say this, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, but are you saying that men needs to be automatons and show no emotion? Oh. No, no, but that's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm a big fan of the stoic mentality. Learn when it is appropriate for you to be emotional. And that's at home. That's at home with your kids. That's at home with your wife. That's at home with the people that you love. Yeah. But when you're outside the house, you know how many times I could have ended up in jail because I had such an anger problem. I had such a temper problem. Uh -huh. That could have ruined my life. One night, one action, what stupid reaction could have messed the rest of my life. Yeah. And I was very lucky. But it doesn't take much. If you're, you know, when you think about it, if you're, not in control of your emotions, you're extremely easily to, con you're, you're easy to control. 
Yeah. That means I just need to insult your wife and you're going to want to fight. Very easy for me to make you do whatever I want you to do. Mm. If you let your emotions control you, that means everybody around you can control you. Wow. But that's why temperance is so important. And number five, you need faith. You do. And, you know, for your listeners that might not be religious, faith does not need to be a religious term. And the way I use it, it's normally religious because I am a Christian. But if you look at it for what it is, let's do an example. Let's replace the word faith by believe. Mm -hmm. How can you ever build self-confidence if you don't first believe that you can achieve whatever you want? How can you establish a new relationship with someone? How can you build a new relationship with someone if you don't first believe that they are the person they say they are? Mm. And how can you ever find life purpose if you don't first believe that you were born for a reason, that you're here, that you have a task. There's a reason why you're here. But this is faith. In order to build self-confidence, you need to have faith in yourself. Mm -hmm. In order to build new relationships, you need to have faith in those people. Mm -hmm. In order to find life purpose, you need to have faith that there's a a greater power that puts you here for a reason. Or else, what's the point of living? And this is why men are air quote, depressed. I don't believe in depression. I don't believe that men are depressed. I believe that men lack purpose. Yeah. A man without purpose is meaningless. Yeah. I cannot imagine getting, like, waking up every morning not knowing why I was put here. Mm. This is why people are, again, air quote, depressed because they have no purpose. Have you ever heard of a guy that's depressed that has purpose? No. No. Have you ever heard of a guy that has purpose that's depressed? No. Does that mean they're not going to have hard times? No, of course not. Everybody has hard times. And the more purpose you have, the harder your time is going to be because you're accountable. Because, again, we go back to accountability. We go back to serving. We go back to being a leader. If you have purpose, that means you're leading something. If you have purpose, that means you're providing for other people. If you have purpose, that means you're dedicating yourself to other people than yourself. Because this is what purpose is. Purpose is helping others become better. I don't care what it is. You are helping a group of people out there that are becoming better because of your sacrifice. And this is what purpose is. This is what leading people is. This is what servitude is. And this is how you accomplish it, is by building virtues mm-hmm. that you know sound... You know, if you, you look at somebody at the gym, it looks selfish. Like, oh, the guy's there taking care of himself. But this is the first path to his mind. Building himself, he will build self-confidence through building himself. There's no, you know, when you look at it, there's no lying in your physique. Right now, to this day, there's no point, there's no way of really cheating. You need to do the work. As much as bodybuilders are on steroids, steroids doesn't make you rip. Diet does. Mm-hmm. So however you feel about them, however destroying their body they're doing, I don't know why they do it, but this is their is their body. They can destroy it all they want if they want. But the point is that it takes dedication. It takes discipline. And mm-hmm. your body never lies. It's 10 times harder to have a six-pack than it is to have millions. Remember, 
this shows you a lot. But can you imagine if I was on a podcast yesterday uh, and one of my guests was saying this, he started by making money. Mm -hmm. He's very successful. He has a lot of money. And then he discovered, but he was fat. He was super fat, super out of shape. Then he discovered the gym. You know what he realized? He's more efficient. He's doing more money now than he was when he was fat. It seems, it seems contrary because he's spending more time at the gym. So he's more time away from his business. But by him taking care of his body, he started to understand how important it is. So it forced him to dedicate more, to dedicate more to his people, to say, you know what? This, I won't take care of it anymore. You do it. I'll, I'll be giving more tasks away to my team. I will do less. And this is what he was explaining. And it's brilliant. He's absolutely right. And this has been shown time and time again. Take somebody, take a man that it's a bad, that's in a bad mental state. Maybe mm -hmm. he doesn't like his job. Maybe his family's not doing well. Maybe he's not making enough money. Whatever the problem is, put him in the gym. Start by changing his diet. Start by putting him in the gym. Start by doing martial arts. Surround them by other monsters. Surround that guy by other beasts that are absolutely jacked. He's going to become jacked just by inspiration alone, just by being around those guys, he's going to want to be Jack too. And you know what you find is that within a year, those guys have a better job or they quit their job and they started their own business mm. because they build the self-confidence that the self-confidence they needed in order to make that realization. Because when yeah. you're fat and out of shape, you don't feel good. Your no. mind's not operating right. You don't feel good about yourself. But the day you start to realize that, Hey man, I used to look like this and now I look like this. I'm yeah. like, I, I, I did this. Yeah. I was able to do this. Imagine what I can do now. You realize that there's no obstacle in your way. The only thing is you. The only obstacle in your way is you. But accountability is where it starts. Right. Yeah. And, and just keeping that promise to yourself every day by going to the gym, you have one, you're casting the vote that you're a different person now. It's like, I am I the go person. Even further than that, you're a young guy, so you don't have a family yet. No. But 50%. So if one of your two parents is obese, your kid has 50% chances of being obese. Whoa. If both of the parents are obese, your kid has an 80% chance of being obese. 80%. Wow. And this to me is child abuse. Yeah. You're starting, it is a lot harder to have to deconstruct eating habits to build new ones that it is just to start with new ones from the get-go. Mm. Everything in life, right? You look at a, a house on bad foundation, you have to rip it out, redo the foundation, and then build the new one. Might as well just build a, new, a good foundation from the get-go and then build your house on top of it. it have been, it's harder, but it would have mm. been a lot simpler in the long run and a lot right. more beneficial for everybody involved. So if you can't do it for yourself, if you can't motivate yourself to go to the gym every day, to eat better, do it for your kids. Because yeah. now you got no excuses. If your kids are obese, anybody listening to this, if your kids are obese, it's your fault. Yeah. There's no, there's no lying here. Your kids, your kids eat what you feed them. Mm -hmm. If they're overweight or if they're obese, it's a hundred percent your fault. Nobody else is to blame except you but that means you need to change it so that should be your motivation don't use your kids as an as an excuse use them as a motivation to be better yeah well that's very good i, I didn't know that 
stat, but that's insane. Like, no wonder it keeps happening. Like, you'd think, like, because you notice, like, in this, you know, after World War II, everyone looked great. And then oh, up to the 70s, up to yeah. the 70s, 80s. Yep. Yeah. Like, you look at the beaches, everyone had great bodies. They looked tan, they looked beautiful. And then they now, were skinny, like there wasn't a lot of people working out that, but there wasn't the average person was just looking like you, like yeah. just, just regular looking guy that take that eats properly, that exercises enough. You don't need to go to the gym. You don't need to be jacked. Like I am. It doesn't like, this is not what the point is, is for your body to operate properly. Right. But there is something at going to the gym and building the discipline to do it. Yeah. There is something to be able to change your body. And you see it right away. Like everything you do will change it. Like there's something to that. There's something to yeah. having that power of saying, okay, even if you're in good shape over the next few months, I'm going to work on this mm -hmm. more than the rest. I want to build this part or I want to get a bit more ripped or I want to gain a bit more. Like it's fun to be able to say over the next couple of months, I'm going to do this. You're just, I'm challenging myself at the gym all the time. And I've been doing it for 20 years. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I'm right now I'm trying to shoot for, the thousand pound class this month. So I'm at like 955 between my bench, squat, and deadlift. And it's it's like it's a small goal, but like it inspires you to like really train. Like I've been doing my five by five training. Um just did my deadlifts. Five set, five set, five reps. Yep. Yeah. But this is how powerful that is. And it's something that you have no excuse. Yeah, it's really show me somebody that doesn't tell me that doesn't have the time to do it. I'll show you somebody that watches too much TV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If people that work 16 hours a day can find the time, even if it's 30 minutes, even if it's out of home, it doesn't take much. Like I, I was looking at the stats in order for you to be considered in the 20 top 25% of Americans right now, you have to do 200, it's two and a half hours of exercise a week, moderate. So riding your bicycle, going on a hike, walking around, we're not talking swimming and trying to compete here. We're just talking moderate exercise. So walking um, your dog, you have a dog, go walk your dog, mm -hmm. walk your dog 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes mm -hmm. a day. That's it. You're going to make your goal. That's all. That's all you have to do. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And insane. then hit the gym twice a week. That's it. That That's it's two and a half hours of moderate cardiovascular exercise and go to the gym twice a week. This is what the average American needs to do in order to be in good shape in good in good health that's insane yeah so that's three and a half hours let's say that you're pushing it at the gym and you're doing two workouts of an hour four and a half hours that you know what let's round it up five hours that's one hour five days mm -hmm. how many how much time the average young man right now spends between four to six hours on social media every day Wow. Four to six. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. So you're telling me that the average man out there does not have time to take an hour out of their day, five times a week to either go for a walk, go for a hike, hit the gym a couple of times a week. Really? 
Yeah. You know, show me again, show me somebody that says that I'll point to you a liar. Yeah. There's no excuse. No, zero. There's absolutely zero excuse. And, you know, another excuse I hear all the time is eating healthy is expensive. Okay, sure. You know, we're Friday. You know how many meals I've had this week? Three. Because mm. I did a three-day fast, three-day water fast from Sunday night to Wednesday night. I had a couple of meals there and I had a meal yesterday. But on the average, I eat one meal a day. I've been doing for five or six years, I've done 16-hour fast every day, eight-hour eating. So two or three meals within eight hours. But then this year, I'm going to push it even more. Since the beginning of the year, I've only been eating like one meal a day. Wow. So I do all my stuff. I get up at 3 or 4 in the morning. I do all my stuff. 5 o'clock at night, I stop working. I eat. And then I go to bed and I do it again. But now I'm adding more three. I think I'm going to do three three-day fast. I'll do another three weeks in a row. I did one first week of January. I did one this week. I'll do it the next three weeks. I'll do a three-day fast. I'll start my week by a three-day fast. So for the people out there that tell me that it's too expensive to eat right, actually it's not. Because when you start looking at it, one of the best things that you can do for your body is fasting you don't mm -hmm. need to do it as often as i do mm -hmm. but they say i think they say once every six months you should do a three-day fast it resets and i would say three to five because if you want to go into autophagy i don't know if you know what autophagy is but it's oh. you start <clears throat> resetting your cells after four days of fasting your body starts cleansing your cells that are not working properly they get oh. rid of them, they flush them out, and they recreate new ones. Do you know that a three-day fast will boost your growth hormones by like a thousand to fifteen hundred percent? Oh, you smart. can you can double your amount of testosterone within three-day fast. Wow. People don't know this because doctors don't teach this. No. But for the people out there, look at fasting within 16 to 20 hours it, it levels out all of your hormones you could literally get rid of type 2 diabetes if you're born with it there's nothing much you can do about it mm -hmm. but if your problem is that your own insulin is not absorbed by your body anymore because it just cannot mm -hmm. if you're type 2 diabetes you can probably fix it by starting to fast it literally levels out your insulin level within 16 to 20 hours. That's incredible. So, yeah, but it's not taught to people and people don't do the research anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't look into it, but this is, I've been using fasting for at least six years, at least six years. And now I'm, now I'm pushing it. Like I, I really want, I've done, I've tried two five day fasts. And at the fourth day, I like I lost consciousness. It was not a good. It was not a good oh. thing. There's a lot of learning because you're just surviving on water for a few days, and you're still doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? Uh -huh. So, I didn't do it. It was my first time. It didn't work out. But three days, I can do it with my eyes closed. Wow, eyes closed. Like this week, I worked out. Like I worked out on Monday on an empty stomach. I work out every day on an empty stomach. I never eat before the gym. Like I normally go to the gym now, and I won't eat before four or five o'clock. So all my workouts are on an empty stomach and it's been like that for six or seven years now. But now 
I had a workout on Monday on an empty stomach of 24 hours on Tuesday on an empty stomach of 48 hours. And then Wednesday is my day off. I do a two, I do a four day split. So on Wednesday I started eating, man, but that's incredible, but it's the mind. Are you hungry during that time? Uh, yeah. Very. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the second day is brutal. The second day is the toughest one. Mm. You can go five days. The toughest one is two days. It's you're so hungry at two days, but it's your mental. Like right now we're talking about this. I'm super hungry, but I'm not going to eat for another four hours. So, yeah. but this is mental toughness. Yeah. Again, body, mind, spirit. That's honestly the way I've kind of chose my way to like get to be in a better place spiritually. My brother, Ben, um, very strong, fit guy. He told me, you know, if you want to get better in your life, just go to the gym. And so I started, uh, this was like six years ago. And I noticed that just the discipline of going to the gym every day, it made me want to become better in everything else. And then it just transferred through the mental and the spiritual path. So I'm 100% with you. It's always how it starts. Again, starts with your body. Yeah. By the time you get to your mind, you start realizing, like, hit the gym for three months. Three months. Dedicate yourself to three months. Mm -hmm. Hit the gym four or five times a week. Hit yeah. clean. Have one cheat meal a week. Mm -hmm. Let you, just for three months, just see what you're capable of doing. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's how you should live your life. I do. But I'm not saying that most people are, most people are not like me. And that's okay. You don't need to be like me. You don't need to be ripped. I yeah. just want you to be healthy, mm -hmm. but do it for three months. See if you can stick to something very difficult for three months. And if you can, there's nothing that, you know, they say it's 21 days to form a new habit, but mm -hmm. let's do it for three months to make sure that there's no excuse. Like you, the habit is formed after 21 days of hitting the gym and eating well, do you see a massive difference? Yes. You'll see a difference, but nothing like three months. Yeah. At three months, Ooh, you, you can change the way you look in a way that people will look at you. Like people that didn't see you for a couple of months are going to be like, what the hell happened? <laughs> what are you, what have you been doing? What are you, what's your secret? Right. Uh -huh. But three months, three months, I'll change your life. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it's, it's really like, Ed Milet also talks about this. He's like, you're one decision away from a new life. And just like that, one decision just to commit to the gym three months, that would change your life. Like, once you, you see yourself and the accountability you're giving to yourself by going to the gym every day, you'll see the health benefits, you'll see your body change, and that's going to be showing you to yourself that you're capable of getting closer to the life you want. It all starts with the body. Yeah. I was curious if um, you could share a little bit about um, being a Muay Thai fighter. Because <laughs> I've always I've always wanted to get in the cage. Um, nice. I, but I, I just thought it would be cool to kind of get your perspective of what it's like to be a fighter. I don't know what it's like. I did it amateurly and I did it like I did it as an amateur. I did it as a... I never intended to do it. I was kind of forced into doing it. I was coerced into doing yeah. it. it. It was odd. It was never on my mind. Never at all. 
you know, when I was, um, when I was 14 years old, I was bullied and there was this guy that would love to kick my ass. Oh, sorry mm. for my language, but he would love to, no, um, he would love to kick my ass. He, he'd follow me home and kick my ass in the, the, in the staircases of the apartment. And, mm. you know, for the longest time I got lucky because we moved and I didn't have to deal with him anymore, but it always stayed with me. Like once you're a victim, if you're honest with yourself, you know, deep down that you're a victim, you know, that if somebody was to do something to you, you wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't have the skills to defend yourself. You wouldn't know how to react. You wouldn't have the techniques that you need in order to guarantee your safety. And that always plays in the back of the head. And when I went back to school, I discovered the gym. I started building that self-confidence. I started feeling better about the way that I, that I look. And once I, once I graduated, I started doing martial arts and that must've been 23, 24, give or take. Mm -hmm. I, it, it hit me because, you know, when you start taking accountability for yourself, you start looking at all the little things that are wrong with you. And this has always been at the back of my head. I know in my head that I was a, a coward. I knew that I was a victim. I was a perfect victim. So what were my choices? I could either continue living the way I was living or accept the fact that I was a coward. Coward, Being a coward is a choice. You choose to be a coward. It's a choice. So I chose to not be a coward anymore. I chose to go to, to, to try martial arts. I chose to start looking if I could find a style of martial arts that I liked. Mm -hmm. And I tried, man, I tried karate. I tried Taekwondo. I tried boxing. I tried kickboxing. And then one day I walked into a Muay Thai gym and I'm like, that was man, 18 years ago. And I'm just like, Oh, there's almost some godly light hitting the school. But I walked into that school. That was, man, that was a while ago. And I was really just there to learn the skills to defend myself because I knew I was a victim mm. and I kept to it. I kept to it. I was there all the time, did a bit of jujitsu, did a bit of wrestling, but mostly Muay Thai. And my coach is just one day he's like, Hey bro, you should fight. You should step in the ring. I think you'd like it. He's a crazy man. Crew Jeff Harrison, first Muay Thai crew I've ever had. That guy's nuts. He trains some, he's still training. Like he's a really good trainer. Like one of his guys is just about to sign with the UFC. Like he, he's, he, he's, uh, he's one of the best trainers in Canada. If you ask me, the guy's amazing. And yeah, he's just, Hey bro, you should fight. I'm like, Oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you sure, about sure, this? <laughs> but, sure, buddy. But Hey, my first fight, I think I fought a guy with 15 or 20 fights. I fought an instructor from a different school. How like did that they, go? Uh, oh, I did not win that fight. <laughs> <laughs> you know they they, they were called uh, smokers back then, so we would have, we would the gym could probably hold like three four hundred people. There's a there's a ring in there, so they would make events, right? People would come buy ticket. They'd be pizza, alcohol, and blah blah blah. People are all sitting on the mats and. They take the best people, the best amateurs, or the people that want to fight up that gym, and they invite other gyms to come fight their fighters. So that's basically what it was. I don't know. Like, listen, I didn't get destroyed or anything, but I did not win that one. And then the second, 
I fought their same school, mm-hmm. but their up-and-comer fighter mm-hmm. that was better than the first one. The first one, I held my own. I can say with truthfulness that I lost, but it was a close fight. Mm. This one, yet yeah, not so much. This one did not go very well for myself. Oh. But I kept at it, man. I have about 12 fights, give or take, and I was scared shitless before every fight. I don't enjoy fighting. Like, I don't like to fight. I don't enjoy it. I've done it because it was a challenge. I've done it because it was scary, mm-hmm. because it scared me. That's the only reason I do it. And, you know, to this day, I'm a deep sea diver. And really? I hated it. Yeah, I'm advanced deep sea diver. Oh. I've dove quite a bit. And, yeah, man, it's one of my favorite things to do, but I hated it. When I first started, I, I felt claustrophobic, couldn't breathe underwater, couldn't breathe in the apparatus. I would literally, a tank would last me about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and it'd be empty. Now, an hour, 15 minutes, I I outdive really fit people in their 20s that are probably 50 pounds lighter than me. Just But it's just now, I love it so much, it's like meditation to me. I'm under the water. It's like, it's Zen. I'm like, I'm meditating with animals. That's what I'm doing. But the same thing was with fighting. And then the next thing you know, I'm starting to fight on, on bigger cards. And I ended up winning a, a North American championship in uh, Iowa about nine years ago. I fought three guys in three days to get there. And I won my third fight. And I won, like it's a, their uh, tournament space. So normally you're eight people per brackets. We were six in mine that they all fight once and then you fight. So you end up fighting three times in order to win. So, or you fight three times in most brackets if you have eight people. But the point is that you, it's a tournament. Maybe there's 16 people. Maybe there's eight. If you're lucky, there's only four, but there's, you fight and you fight consecutive day. Like you're, you're fighting on, you're weighing in on the Thursday. Mm-hmm. No, you're weighing in Friday morning. You fight your first fight Friday. You fight two fights Saturday. And then you fight one fight for the championship on Sunday. Wow. But I ended up winning. So, you know, I was bullied. My first two fights didn't really got, go my way. I have a fight where I got knocked out, like not cold, Ooh. but I got dropped and I don't remember the fight. I don't remember going back to the, to, um, the dressing room. All I remember is I'm sitting there and my coach is on doing the wraps. He's taking the tape off my hands, but I don't remember anywhere from that the, the ring to the dressing room. And I was winning that fight. I just got caught with a right hand. Oh. I did the chicken dance, as we called it. And I don't remember much. And I did it. I think there was at least one or 2,000 people. My ex-wife and her family was there. So it was not a pleasant experience, but... Oh. A couple of fights after that, I was entering that tournament and I won. So, you know, it's fighting to me is a perfect representation of life. Mm. Often you don't want to fight. Often I don't want to do, I don't want to get up in the morning and do what I'm supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. but I do it anyway, just like fighting. Sometimes you win. That means sometimes I have good days, but you know what? Sometimes you lose. Sometimes I have bad days. Sometimes I get knocked out. Sometimes you know what? 
I'm going bankrupt. I lose my house. I get divorced. My kids don't want to talk to me anymore. Something happens that's the equivalent of getting knocked out in a fight. Yeah. So what's your choice? Do you stop fighting? Sure, you can. You know, Rocky said, this is one of my favorite quotes of all time in Rocky Balboa, where he said that it's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Life will put you to your knees. It's a matter of time. Yeah. But it's up to you to get back up and do something about it. You can get knocked out six times. All you have to do is get up seven times. Yeah. So th this is why, and this is what fighting taught me. This is what martial art taught me. Because I never did it because I wanted to. Mm. I really just did it because it scared me. Mm. And I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Like I like adrenaline. So I often do things that scare the hell out of me. Because once I do them, there's no feeling like it. Like once you're doing yeah. something that's scary, there's nothing like it. So I'm kind of a, I, I like that stuff, but it's still the same thing. You need to push yourself. You need to do things that are comfortable. You need to do things that will scare you because mm -hmm. there's no way forward. Boys are born. Men are made through trials and tribulations. Yeah, it's so true. It always comes back. It's always about accountability. It's always about what you're ready to do to get where you're supposed to be. It's always about doing what you're supposed to be doing on this planet. Are you going to leave? Is the world a better place with you in it mm -hmm. or not? Because if it's not, why are you here? If you're not making the world a better place by living, why are you here? What is the point? What are you contributing to this earth? You're making it worse. Why are you here? What's the point? Clearly, if you're making this planet worse, you don't believe in God. So yeah. basically, when you die, you die. So why are you here? If you don't think that there's something after this life, why are you not doing something worth living for? Why are you not helping others? Why are you not making this place a better place? Mm -hmm. why what's the point you might as well take a gun and shoot your head off what is the point of you living if you're not making this place a better place why mm -hmm. that's the question really like yeah i mean we all are put here for a purpose and when we don't fulfill that purpose there's a huge gap and it's not really something someone else can fill it's only you can fill that you, there's something about each specific person that's unique and they can give in that unique way that will bring someone's life, make someone's life much better. God gave us all talents. It is up to you. Some it's smaller talents, some it's bigger talents. Some people are very good at making money. Some people are very good with compassion. They're very good at helping others. Yeah. God gave us so many different tools. But as the pastor at my church was saying a few weeks back, he's if you're good at making money, that's just God allowing you to be a broker. He's mm. making you make money so that you can give it away. Because mm. you're just temporarily in possession of that money. That money is supposed to be spent for other people that are not as good as you at making money. But maybe those people are the people fixing your roads. Maybe those people are the nurses. Maybe those people are the ones taking care of others. Maybe those are, are the sport coach that are barely making enough money to live, but they dedicate themselves to their guys, to their teams, to the people that they're coaching. 
So if you're making a lot of money, help those people. Help people, help people. This is what yeah. you're supposed to do. And if you're talent, if you're good at making money, awesome, do that. I'm good at speaking. I'm good at being in front of a camera. I'm good at putting a message out there. And I'm good at taking criticism. Mm. I get I get called every single name that you can think every day. Really? Of course I do. I make millions of views every month, man. You don't think people have an opinion about me? You don't think that when I tell people that, you know what, if your life sucks, it's your fault. You think people like to hear that? They're like, oh, kumbaya, I agree with you. Of course yeah. not. Oh, the yeah. people that agree with me agree with me, but the people that don't, and that's most people, will tell me to, to go F myself. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's fine. But this is my talent. I know how to deal with this. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with being on the public eye, if you will, and getting bastardized for what I say. It's fine. Yeah. Because, but you know why I do it? I do it because I help people. Right. I don't care that I could put content out there. And if there's one person, just one person that saw that content and is like, hell yeah, bro. Thank you. This is exactly what I needed. You could send me a thousand comments calling me all the names in the world. It would still be worth it because that person got something that impacted their life. That's all I do. That's yeah. that's all I do. If my life can teach somebody else to not do the same mistake or can teach somebody that I understand how they feel, I've been there. I know it. Mm -hmm. Maybe we work together. Maybe I coach you to be better. Maybe you just consume my content. Maybe you just send me texts every now and then to just yeah. say, hey, bro, I love this. What do you think about this? I got guys that do this all the time. But this is why I do it. So you can hammer me all you want, but this is my talent. Right. And so for any listeners listening to this, to me rambling here, what's your talent? What is the yeah. thing that you do great that you can do to help others? Is yeah. it making money? Is it you're great with people? Is it you don't care what people think of you? Do you have a lot of compassion? What is it? What, what makes you, what makes you awesome? Yeah. And then find ways to give it back to people. You know, there's there's a guy I had on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. I really hope we work more together. He's a, he's a youth minister and a business coach. He was saying that every time he goes, because he travels the world to convention where he speaks, and he was saying that the number one requirement of any place that he's going to go speak is that his team finds a charity something to give back in every single city that he goes to. Maybe it's soup kitchen. Maybe he's whatever. It does not matter. Maybe it's at the church. It's feeding food to people. He's just trying to give clothes because it's cold, whatever it is. Every single time he does a convention, every single time he steps on stage, every time he's in a different city, different state, different country, his team needs to find him somehow a place for him to give time back. Wow. for people that needs it can you imagine if we all did this every week like let's say once a month everybody would put it in their calendar to say you know what this month i'm gonna go do this mm -hmm. something that resonates with you like i want to start working with prisoners that's one thing i would love mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. i would love to be able to go to prisons and just sit down with the guys yeah. i understand those guys i used to be guys like them i understand so What's going on, bro? Why are you here? What are you going to do when you get out of there? Like, what are you going to do? What's the next step? What happens from here? 
Like, do you have an education? No? Awesome. You don't need one. You have YouTube out there, bro. Mm -hmm. You can, you don't need an education. You really don't. I'm more educated than most P. My my Muay Thai instructor level, my crew, took me 10 years. It's twice the time that a PhD takes to, to, to get. So I've trained more than a doctor to get my certification as an instructor in Muay Thai. So don't tell me that you need to university. You don't need to go to college. You don't. No. All the information's out there. You just need to know what you're looking for. But I would love to be able to do that. I would love to have a free program for kids, 14 years old. I want to take kids off the street. Yeah. If you don't have anything to do after you're done school, come to the gym. You don't have money for it? No problem. It's free. If you don't have equipment? No problem. I'll get you some. This, those, are the, those are the things I want to start doing probably this year or next year. I just need to make sure my business makes enough money that I don't have to worry about uh, my expenses and God knows I don't, I don't spend that much, but I want to be able to give that back. I want to make enough money mm. so that I don't have to worry about what I do and I can dedicate a lot of my time to helping others, to pouring money in their education, to do something, man, there's another guy that I spoke to on a podcast. He's because of him, there's 200 kids that got a scholarship in college. Wow. He's a dude that, great story, played football his whole life, played college level, applied for the NFL, got cut. He didn't do the NFL, but he was just at the gate of the NFL. He was he um, he was part of the tryouts, but the, the, the coach told him, you know what, bro? Not happening for you. Mm. Greg Walls, I did a podcast with him not long ago. It's published. But all to say that there's more than 200 people that are in college right now because of him because he's trained them as athletes and he helps athletes get scholarship in college this wow. is what he does for a living how awesome is that that people go to him as a coach and he helps them advance and this is why it's so this is why we have the power to be so so impactful look at a great sports coach what does he do he takes a shared passion like let's say basketball mm -hmm. And he teaches his kid how to play basketball while teaching them like life lessons. So he's like, oh, you're going to do this. Under, you're, I'm going to make sure that you're here four times a week, that you train for at least two hours, that you eat well. Ah, guess what? I'm building discipline in you. I'm building all the skills that you need in order to become a competent human being. You look at a movie like I'm a big fan of movies, but you look at uh, uh, Coach Carter. You know that movie? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson Samuel L. Jackson's a basketball team and all to say that he's a business owner, he does not need to do that but he's approached by the coach that's retiring of the school he used to compete at to say hey I think you'd be perfect because he was uh, all American in basketball in multiple sports, the guy's an athlete right, but now he's a business guy he owns stores, like he don't need to worry about this he's a hard worker but he's like you know what I'll do it Without ruining the movie, a lot of things happens. And at one point, all he says is this. I chose basketball, a very specific group of young men, to show them how to get to college, how to use the natural talent that they had, their physical talent, to open the door to college. Mm. And it's brilliant because it's based on a true story. Coach Carter actually existed. But... Imagine that more people would do that. Imagine how society would be different if 
you had men all over the place that would just go out of their ways to do something better for the people around them to maybe make less money, maybe keep less of that money. You know, that extra money that you're just saving for no reason, why you're not giving it away. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a great example. My girlfriend and I at Christmas this year, well, obviously last year, we didn't buy each other presents, mm. but we spent a couple hundred bucks on a kid that's in the system. Through my church, there is a program that they sponsor every year. They will have kids that don't have families that are in the system, that are orphans, mm-hmm. that wouldn't receive any gifts. And they ask people to, they make lists. This is what he would like to have. This is how much normally people spend. So can you buy this? So we spent money instead of us buying stuff that we don't need we chose to spend that money and go spend it on a complete stranger that we will never meet i i don't know who that kid is we don't even have his full name we have his first name and that's it mm. but we he received christmas gifts from total strangers the things that he wanted instead of getting nothing for all we know he hasn't had christmas gift for five years because nobody cares because nobody cares. Mm-hmm. So what is 150 bucks? Like, think about it. Nothing. It's a nice, most kids now go to the bar and they spend 100, 150 bars drinking like idiots. Can you imagine if those kids, instead of destroying their body, their minds and acting like idiots, they would just say, you know what? Maybe I'll take that money and I'll give it away to somebody that needs it. I'll, I'll buy something or I'll dedicate my time to go helping those people how much of a better place that would be. You don't need to coach a basketball team. You don't need to be the leader of a thousand people of a big company. You don't. It's in your everyday actions that you take. Just trying, be conscious. You know, I have an alarm in my in my calendar now that pops every day that just says, what have you done for others? Mm. Every five months, I started this this week, 5 a.m. in the morning, I'm already up. But then it pops on my phone. I'm like, what have you done to help others today? Mm. Again, can you imagine how powerful that would be if people would just have a reminder somewhere to just remember that it's not just about you? Yeah. And, And believe me, I'm far from being perfect. Very far from it. I make a lot of mistakes. I will continue doing mistakes for the rest of my life. I'll be a sinner for the rest of my life. There's no way around it. I'll never be perfect and I'll never claim to be. But I can choose if, you know, this is the way I want to live. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to look at when I die, I want to be, I want to face God. And I want God to be able to look at me and say, you know what? You've done bad. Be- you've done more good than you've done bad. Welcome yeah. aboard. Yeah. I'll never be perfect. I've done a lot of bad things in my life. I've been for a very long time. I was extremely abusive of the people around me physically, verbally. I stole from them. I was not a nice person. Mm. And you know what? I don't know that I can either equalize it. I don't know. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I do hope that I can do more good than bad. I'm hoping at least that I can bring, that I can make that, me dying is going to make this place just a tiny bit worse. 
than it was. It was better with me around than it wasn't. Yeah. I really think that's what God asks us to do. He's, he doesn't ask for us to be perfect, but to it's impossible. follow. Yeah. He asks <laughs> there was us... one perfect man and he died 2,000 years ago. Yeah. There was one. Just the one. one. And we have, we've had billions upon billions of people ever since. There was one. So your chances of being the new, the new Christ, not very big, my friend. No. So, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just asking you to do what you can to be good. And he's, yeah. he's giving you the resources to do that through prayer and following his word. And it doesn't need, you know, remove the religious aspect of it. Remove Christian aspect from it. Being a good person, mm -hmm. caring about your neighbor, caring about the people around you, caring about complete strangers, forgive the people that hurt you. Yeah, Th those are are not simple things to ask, but everybody has the power to do so. Mm -hmm. There's nobody that cannot do those things because those are all things. You know, if you don't have money to share, no problem. Do you have time? Yeah. No yeah. problem. Do you have time? Mm -hmm. You know, a few years back, one of the, the, the prior to the last Christmas I was in Canada, a bunch of us went to a soup kitchen on Christmas day. Mm -hmm. It didn't cost us anything. Yeah. It cost us zero, but we were like 10 bros. Just like, Hey bro, we're going to do this. You good? Awesome. Let's do it. Just went there. We cooked and we served food. That's what we did cost us zero just time and you know what it was absolutely cool yeah. it was super cool you're there with your bros you're just cooking food you're messing around you know how guys are we're talking crap in the kitchen we're just insulting each other and then we're serving food we're meeting the people we're serving food to they're happy we're happy we all had a great time what's stopping you from doing this oh you have a saturday you have a saturday that you're free awesome Mm -hmm. find a place find yeah. a place man you like animals go to a shelter they're always looking for people yeah they're always looking pe they're always looking for people in animal shelter always i don't care how many shelters there's around you they are lacking people call the shelter they will need your help yeah there's always ways i love animals i'm a big fan of dog i love dogs more than i do people so if it was up to me, I'd have a place and I'd adopt them all. You, you have a dog you don't want, ship it. Ship it. I'll take it. I'll take your dog. I don't even care. I'll figure it out. But this is what it's all about. Just what yeah. can you do to make this place a better place? Does it need to be money? Could be time. Maybe you don't have the time. Make it money. Yeah. yeah. It's normally how it is, right? If you don't have the time, chances are you have more money. Right. So you can you can give more money away instead of your time. If you don't have that much money, chances are you have time. Yeah. yeah. So give your time away. And you know what's great about this is that mm -hmm. it is as beneficial for the person committing the good action as it is to the person receiving it. it yeah. th this is the worst part. And this is, you know, I guarantee you that I felt as good giving food away than those people did receiving it. Like, mm. here's another example. Last year, so not last Christmas, but the one before. Mm -hmm. We were in Austin, Texas, and it's December 25th. 
we're at the, uh, was it 25th or 24th? No, it was the 25th. I'm at the gym working out. My girlfriend's there. And um, it's uh, the Gold's Gym downtown. So if you're from Austin, you know exactly the gym I'm talking about. And there was this kid, like this guy, probably 18, 20 years old, like let's say 20, like he's young. Uh But he moved from somewhere around where I'm at right now to get his first job in a gym. So he moved out of there from his parents' place and he moved down there. And as we're walking away, we say bye to him. And as I'm walking, there's something that just tells me, something inside me is just like, you should ask him what he's doing tonight. My girlfriend knows me so well that she's like, oh, not again. Like she knows the face, right? We're walking and I stop. She's like, oh man. Because I talk to everybody. Like I talk to people on the street. If people come to me and they want to talk, I'll talk. I'm always ready to listen to people. And I walk and I go, I go sit again. I'm like, hey, what you doing tonight? He's like, nothing. Like uh, my family's not here, so I don't have anything to do. I'm like, bro, um, I don't have much to offer, but my girlfriend and I are here. My girlfriend loves to cook. She's Italian, so we're we're gonna be there's gonna be plenty of food if you're hungry, man. So there's gonna be food. There's gonna be alcohol. I'm gonna uh-huh. make it a good time. So if you want to show up, let's do this. And he came, and it turns out that there's another person in the RV place that we were at. He had just driven 25 hours, him and his younger son, to go see his eldest. So we ended up spending the night the evening so all the food my girlfriend cooked we brought it to another rv the young man came with us he had his dog we had our dog the other guy had two dogs we're like four dogs six people six yeah we're five dogs six people we all ate together drank got drunk it's been a while since i got drunk i think that was the last time but we all had fun it was an awesome night yeah. Turns out that kid was homeless. He was living in his car because he hadn't made money yet. So he couldn't afford an apartment. Oh. So that kid ended up staying with us for two or three weeks. Wow. So th- this is the thing. You never know who needs help out there. And it was as simple as me asking him, what are you doing tonight? Nothing. Mm-hmm. You want to come with us? Mm-hmm. The food was already there. Yeah. We were already making the food. We didn't make more food because it was showing. I'm a pig, man. If there's food, I'm going to eat it. So <laughs> we were making food no matter what. We had the space to get him, to have him there. We just, hey, bro, you want to come? Sure. Total stranger. We don't know that guy at all. Mm-hmm. But instead of him being by himself in his car on Christmas Day, he ended up eating with us. We ended up meeting other people on the RV camp that we were in, for all we know, we wouldn't have known. We would have probably never met those people if it wasn't all the, you know, all the the, the pieces of the puzzle just came into place. They're just like, yeah. And it all started with me asking, what are you doing tonight? Yeah. That's an amazing story. Yeah, it's just like one little question led to helping that man so much. So it's just... It's just so simple for us to do it Mm -hmm. if we take it upon ourselves to do so. If we choose, if we consciously make the effort every day to try, just to try. I'm not saying you're going to be better. Just try to be better. And if you can't do it for you, do it for others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A small ask, but it seems like so many people 
just don't do it. Do you think, do you wonder or have an, an idea why there is such a lack of kindness? Accountability. Because people don't even real think about it. Do you honestly think that people do it on purpose? Do you think that people wake mm. up in the morning and they're like, I'm going to be the biggest asshole I can be today? Of course not. Oh, yeah. People are just selfish. Because of no accountability. Exactly. So it's not, are they, is there evil people? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you know, the expression that says that the only thing that evil needs to win is for good men to do nothing. Yeah. But this is what it means. So can you really consider yourself a good people if you don't think about other people? No, you can't. Life is all about servitude. It's all about helping others. It has taken me a long time to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I'm great at it, but at least I try. I'm yeah. always, always, always trying. Yeah. I'm always going to try to find ways to help others. If I'm helping others, I'm helping myself at the same time. There's, there is nothing more rewarding, in my opinion, that there's nothing more rewarding than being able to help somebody and really impact their life, really make something happen for them where because of you, their life is different. Yeah. And we all have that power. Every single one of us has the power to do that to any degree. You choose how much impact you want to have, how much people you want to help. But every single person out there has the ability to help somebody. You just need to be aware. You just need to be accountable that... Mm -hmm. Maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's like um, when God says to love one another as you love yourself. It's You can't really love yourself unless you're treating yourself with that accountability of doing what's best for you. So, like, yeah, it all starts there. And once you show yourself that you are capable of doing good to yourself, then you can do it to others. But the first step is still to understand that you're an asshole, yeah. that you're selfish, that you're a narcissist, that you've always put yourself first, that you really don't care about other people. Yeah. It always starts there. This is a hard pill to swallow. And this is why most people will never swallow it. Because yeah. that means you need to look at yourself and call your crap. Right. Yeah. Look at yourself, that's like the, you said. But again, it's this always starts there. Mm -hmm. you need to go to a place where you're hurting so much that you want to change. Yeah. So and you, this is the secret that most pastors don't teach you about the Bible. Mm. The Bible is all about pain and suffering. Every single thing out there, the only perfect man that ever lived got tortured and killed by people that were scared of him. Why? Because he was too compassionate to sinners. Yeah. There, there you go. I just, I just explained to you the New Testament. Yep. This is what it is. Yep. God made himself into a man, came here, taught human beings how to be awesome, taught human beings how to care, 
called the crap of the Pharisees and told them that it's not because you're well-dressed, it's not because that you say that you're knowledgeable, but that you say you're intelligent, that you're a good person. You are the worst type of person out there. This is why, as Tim Keller says, Christ, the, the Christian church is not, it, sorry, the Christian church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum of saints. Mm, that's good. You go to you go to a church. You will meet a lot of people that are broken, mm -hmm. but you know what they all have in common? They're trying. Yeah, I'm not saying they're succeeding, mm -hmm. but they're trying. Yeah, but can you really succeed if you don't try? No, there's no possibility. Yeah, you have but to this, start with trying. But that's a hard pill to swallow when you fail. Yeah. But fell enough in your life and you won't be scared to fail anymore. I don't remember what the name of this guy is, but he's very big right now on social media. Older guy, probably end of his 40s, bald-headed guy. He likes to scream in the camera, but he was explaining. Mm. And again, he was on the he was on the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, I don't know if you follow those guys, but they're pretty cool. They are cool, so, I do. I, I met them in Austin. Oh really? Well, I've done a bunch of yeah, yeah. They're awesome. They're 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 very very cool in real life. Like they're very, those guys are on the rampage. Like those guys are amazing. They're super young too. Huh? Like the main guy is about twenty six years old. Dang. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys. It's three guys. Him, the guy you always see on camera, his younger brother, which is a Matt Wiz. Like the guy's one of the most brilliant guys I've ever met. And then there's an older guy that's like the marketing guru. That's. Uh, a couple of years older than them, best friends, three guys. They do everything themselves. They, they're all, they're very very cool dudes. But they were talking to this guy, and they were asking him. They're like, because they always talk to financial about finance to people that are known. And he, they, he asked, he's like, "Are you scared to go broke?" He's like, "Bro, I've been broke so many times in my life that I don't even care anymore." You know what the difference is? Is that I don't want to let my family down, but I'm not scared oh. to be broke because I know how to rebuild myself. I felt so. So basically, he's telling you this. I felt so many times that failing is not even a problem anymore because I know how to be rebuild myself. But that's not possible until you failed multiple times, multiple times. Wow. And you're talking about a guy that's very rich. So, you know, man, there's a lot to learn from lessons. There's a lot to learn from failure. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And. This is what the Bible is all about. This yeah. is what life is all about. Very interesting when you 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 actually read the Bible and you stop listening to the Catholic Church or what people are telling you online that the Bible says, and you just take the Bible for yourself and start reading it for yourself. No people, no other people telling you what it means. Just read it, try to understand, do some research, try to make sense of what it means, and then look at your look at your life. Mm. Try to compare yourself to the main character of the Bible that is Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, I've been reading it every day for the past, since January 1st. I've been reading the Bible at least an hour a day. And you know what every day reminds me? How much of an asshole I am. Mm. How much of I can do better. And, yeah. not in a, and you know, when I say you're an asshole, I'm not saying that, that in a, a way to destroy you. Right. Not in a way that you need to feel bad about yourself, but in a way to say that you have the power to do so much more. Because I don't think that people do it because they're doing it on purpose. 
they're really right. just doing it because they don't know any better. They don't realize what they're doing and the impact. Um, I don't know if you know, uh, um, what's his name? Lee, Lee Strobel. I don't know him. No. Oh man, that dude. Awesome dude. He used to, used to be one of the best writers for Chicago Tribune. And then his wife became a Christian. And for two years, she was a Christian. He wasn't. He was an alcoholic. He was doing a lot of bad things during that time. And then he became, he, he's a writer, like he's a journalist. So he started researching Christianity. And he wrote his first book, well, on Christianity, that's called The Case for uh, Jesus Christ, The Case for Christ. He went, he's done a bunch of them, like The Case for God, The Case for Christ. He did, he probably did five or six of them. I read a few of them. They're very good. But there's a documentary on Tubi, like free streaming. It's free. It's called The Case for Heaven. I watched it last week. And he has, um, it's very interesting where he goes with this because he always, he doesn't approach it from a Christianity perspective. He talks to people from both sides, people that believe in God, people that don't, different type of God believers and atheists. And he all talks to scientists and he tries to to make sense of things. Like he 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 does it in a factual way. And he was interviewing some people that had near-death experiences. Oh, interesting. Not, they were not approaching it in a biblical way, but a lot of those people, well, everybody that I'd ever heard about a near-death experience where they left their body, they always talk about God or they talked about the devil. Like there was something very dark or there was something beautiful that was waiting for them there. It's always one of the two. And this guy was saying that he relived his whole life in not only in his position, but he was able to feel everything that he did to others. Can you imagine feeling this? Can you imagine that this is the test? Because I do believe that when we die, before we're granted access to either heaven or hell. Well, to, to no hell, you wouldn't need to, but to hell, uh, to heaven, God will need to test you. God will want you to know your life, to, to see, to relive all of your life so you can understand all the bad things that you've done and all the good things that you've done. Because that's just, that's not just negative. All mm-hmm. the good things that you've done to others, you'll finally experience what it felt like for them. To you, it might have been nothing. You just did something because you're a nice guy. Just because you do it all the time, it doesn't matter. It could be, you know, it could be as simple as you're at the grocery store, you see an older woman with her groceries, and you just ask her, do you need help for me to put it in your trunk? I'm 210 pounds, bro. I'm six foot one, 210 pounds. I can grab your stuff, put it in your, put it into your car. It'll take me two seconds. I'll never think about it again. Because to me, it's just, I'm a nice guy. But to her, it could mean the world. For all you know, she had a super shitty day. She feels alone because her husband's dead. She lives alone. She always has to do that thing by herself. She's unhappy. She's not, she's not in a good mood. Just you doing that, you just saved her day. You just showed her that there's still good people out there. Wow. Yeah. Years ago, it meant years ago, um, during the um, the pandemic in Canada, like we were very restricted in Canada and um, my girlfriend and I are not vaccinated. We're part of the 10% of people in Canada that didn't get vaccinated. I actually, this is why I lost my corporate job. Oh, 
I quit my corporate job because my I was a sales engineer for 12 years. So I was working for one of the biggest telecommunication companies in Canada, selling million dollar contracts to customers. And then they keep on telling me that if I don't get vaccinated, they're going to fire me. Yeah. I walk around at 10, 12% body fat. I weigh my food. I'm always exercising. And fat people are telling me that if I don't get vaccinated, it's unhealthy. Brother, yeah. if you think that's the best thing for you, all the power to you. But you're not going to tell me how I should treat my body. I've been taking care of it for at least 20 years. I know what I'm doing. But during that time, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of protests in Canada. Mm. about this they were pro protesting like, i don't know if you remember the truckers like the freedom truckers yeah. but i was there like i made sure that my bros and i i took a few of my bros i took my girlfriend and we drove there i'm like we need to go there i recorded a bunch of it i had a drone and i was taking footage from it but and i wanted to find a way to make this good so i went to every single protest with a sign that said free hugs during a pandemic that we were not allowed six feet from each other, I've given at least 2,000 to 3,000 hugs. At least. Uh, I have hours of footage. I should start posting it again. You I should, should start posting, but yeah. I, I used to. I used to post it a uh -huh. few years back when I was taking it. and But I've done it four or five times. I've done it here in Nashville last year. I was in Nashville. I went there for a free. With a, I just walk around with a free hug sign. And then my awesome. buddy's on the my buddy's on the camera, and I, I'm just hugging people. By the time I finished, my white shirt was like all black because of women's makeup, oh. like they because I'm taller, right? So they they hug. The face is right on the white. I'll never wear a white T-shirt again to one of those events. But this is my point. I saw that there was a problem. I was not I was not for what the government is saying. I was against it. Mm -hmm. But I did not want to do something negative. I wanted to find a way to make it positive. And yeah. somebody I know said, hey, we should do that. I'm like, oh, hells yes. Oh, hells yes. We're going to do free hugs. I'm going to bring. I already have camera equipment. So I'm like, I'm going to bring my bro. We're going to be filming this. I'm going to smash that everywhere online. I'm going to. I, I don't care. Like yeah. I was advertising. I was still working for a company that's telling me I need to get vaccinated. And I can't leave. During that time, just so you know the type of context I'm in, I could not go anywhere else outside of the grocery store and the pharmacy because I wasn't vaccinated. I did not have a vaccine passport. I oh. could not go. I couldn't teach martial arts anymore. I couldn't go to the gym. I had to build a gym at my place. I couldn't go anywhere anymore. But I still, I still found a way to put goodness out there. And you know, the worst part is that or the best part is most of the people that hugged me were guys in their 40s and their 50s. They're, but a lot of elderly people. Mm. A lot of the people that's been abandoned by their families because they didn't want to make them sick. You know, when you have a grandmother oh. that lives alone, what do you think happened during COVID? My grandmother died during COVID. And no, she did not die of COVID. That's bullshit. Yeah. But, but you know what, though? She died alone at the hospital. You know, I think it was in April at the peak. It's like end of March, beginning of April 2020. When everybody, when we're thinking, I'm sitting there with my shotgun. I'm like, man, there's going to be some zombies. <laughs> like we're, we've watched, I grew up watching zombie movies. So we talk virus. I'm like, holy shit. 
it's on. It's but I am legend, you know. Exactly. Happening. You know, the way they're selling, but that's what they do, right? That's what the news do. They're always pushing the fear. So you're like, you know what? I'm ready for this. My grandmother falls ill. She's at the hospital. My aunt that lives in Quebec City is like, oh, just so you know, your grandmother's there. You know what? I drove two and a half hours to go there in the beginning. I was in a hospital where all the sick people are just so that my grandmother wouldn't be alone. Mm. Do you know how much that probably meant to her? The whole but, world. But this is my point. It cost me 40 bucks a gas, maybe. But my time. But I had the courage to say, you know what? If I'm going to die, I'm going to die. It, it is what it is. I cannot choose when I'm going to die. No. I can't. It's not up to me. But... Could I make this place a better place for at least one person? I did it for my grandmother. When we did the free hugs, I did it for thousands of people. And I yeah. did it for for people the age of my grandmother. That And those are the ones I love the best. Those are those older people that would come and hug me. Those are the ones that it had such an impact on me. Because I'm there and how many times did they tell me, you know what, it's been a year since I've been able to hug somebody because my family doesn't come see me anymore. Wow. Because they're scared to make me sick. So I'm sitting alone at a home with nothing to do. Th this is what we don't understand. That that was the other side of the coin. Yeah. Okay, you're you're sure. You know how many times I got sick during those those free hugs, those two, three, four thousand? Zero. Zero. Yeah. And I've done it thousands, thousands of times. And nothing happened to me. Outside of I brought joy to other people. That's it. That's all I did. And it it has brought as much joy to me as it did. I, I, I absolutely love to free hugs. I love doing free hugs. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. I love the face of people. They're like, you're doing because I'm not your typical. I'm tatted up like I uh -huh. have two full sleeve and I've done it in wife beaters and I, my chest is covered, my stomach, my back. I'm covered i'm a bigger guy i'm muscular i don't look like the type of guy and i'm there like free hug time <laughs> yeah. so but the impact is always great and i get free hugs from bros like just big guys like me are like brother and we just hug i i got hugs from kids that are five years old that they show up to me they just pull on my shirt so i go on my knees and i hug them i got hugs from people that are 80 90 years old like it's everything you can think of I've hugged them. Tell me. And you know how much it cost me? I had to buy a pen. And I had to buy a piece of cardboard to write on it. I've had that piece of cardboard for two years, I think. Now it's destroyed because I've used it too much. But I probably did five or six times with the same board. That cost me, what, five bucks? Maybe I spent five bucks. Those thousands of people remember that one moment. Five bucks. Five dollars is what it cost. I took it to another level. Like I had a really good camera with me. I had a guy with me. I edited the whole thing. Like the videos I made are very good videos. Mm. But you don't have to do it to the extent that I do it. I create content, so I love this. So if I'm going to do something, I might as well put it out there because I wanted to inspire people. Yeah. I, I wanted people to understand that there were people out there in the middle of a pandemic that
people are telling you that you're all going to die, that instead of being violent, instead of being belligerent, instead of screaming at the injustices that we see everywhere, that will just take it upon themselves to do something different that mm-hmm. anybody can do. Yeah. You know, there's there's one of them that we showed up, we were like five of us. Instead of me being alone or me being with one other person, we were five that were giving free hugs. You know, I would have loved to get to a 20. Just 20 people show up and just like, what's up? What's up? What's up? Let's go. Let's Uh give some hugs. Let's just give (laughs) some hugs. And I've done it all over the place. I did it in places that are not even protests. Just I've showed up. I've designed myself free hug shirts. I have my own free hug shirts. I have four of them. I designed them. I printed them and I I have them. And I wear them every now and then. If I know I'm going to the city somewhere where it's going to be a lot of people, I'll put one of my free hug shirts on and it's front and back. And I'll give a hug to people. I fucking love doing it. Absolutely love doing it. The faces, the faces of people. It's just such a, it's such a benign act that it always takes people by surprise. Yeah. Like how many how many times have I had the shirt on and I'm just doing whatever it is that I'm doing and I'm like, do you actually give free hugs? I'm like, hell yeah. I drop everything I'm doing. I could be eating. It could be, doesn't matter. I'll get up. I'll give that person a hug. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. Couldn't care less. Don't care. But yeah. do you know how much impact that can have on somebody? Somebody to go out of their way I'm I'm not even walking around. I could be doing something that has nothing to do. And I'm I forget the t-shirts. I design t-shirts. I have like 50 different ones. I don't I don't remember what I'm wearing. I'm mm-hmm. just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then next thing you know, there's like, hey, do you uh, really mean this? Absolutely. Do you know how that person had to go out of his way to come see you, to have the audacity to tap you on the shoulder, to say, hey, bro, are you really giving free? How much? love that that person need like how much yeah. disparate are they for that small act of kindness because that's all it is this is just a simple act of kindness mm-hmm. it cost me nothing to do that how much power how much impact could that little little action could have on that person considering that they went out of their way to come see me not everybody has the audacity to do that to just yeah. it's not because you see somebody with a shirt that they're wearing that it actually means something for most people they wear a t-shirt they don't even care no yeah but i do it on purpose i do it because if there's one guy one woman one kid one elderly person that sees me with that shirt and feels the need to do something about it i'm happy to be that person and that's going to be something that they'll probably remember for maybe the rest of their life, you know, and it's that, and like you're saying, who knows what they're experiencing that day or that month or year. And they feel like no one is thinking of them and you just being there to say, I'm here for you. Just for one hug might mean the world to them. You know, put some numbers behind it. 40% of men will never reproduce. Yeah. So that means that in their forties and their fifties, they're probably single. Yeah. You know, 95% of women compete for 5% of the men. That is a very harsh reality for men. Yeah. So if you're not successful, you're not a good looking guy, you're not charismatic, you don't have something special. 
chances are women are not giving you two. They look at you and they keep on walking. Yeah. How long, how lonely can that be? Because most guys don't hug each other. No. It's not normal for most guys. I come from a martial art background. I'm used to having grown men sweating and bleeding on me. I do jiu-jitsu. So I've had people's balls in my face when I'm stuck in a triangle. So <laughs> hugging, a, hugging a guy to me is not, a, is not gay. It's yeah. not something that's feminine. It's just um, two men. Greek guys used to wrestle naked. I don't know if you guys know this, but wrestling yep. started naked. I get balls in my face through pants. They got balls in their faces. Balls. So yeah. there's there's a difference here, but it's something that guys need. It is something that guys need just as much as women do. I don't greet my friends with a handshake. I never did and I never will. I greet my friends with a hug. I don't care that you're a guy, you're a girl. Don't matter what age you are. I go to, I go to, you know, I go to the church. I talk to the pastor every day because I always have questions when I'm there. I don't shake their hands. I hug them. I, I don't see any, we're in Alabama. People don't like to touch each other here. Yeah. Like it's, it's very like, Ugh. but I do it all the time. I think there's something to be said to just be, I don't know if vulnerable is the right way, but to be in that content, that very personal contact with someone mm -hmm. that is not an, that is not a sexual, like it's, there's no sexual intentions there. It's no. really just hey, hi, I haven't seen you for X number of time. Awesome to see you. Here's a hug. It's like there's so much power to acknowledging someone with like excitement. Like if there's there's hardly anything that feels as good as someone saying to you they're excited to see you, you know? And like giving them a hug saying I'm glad to see you, it just means so much. Like people people feel invisible. So when you acknowledge them in that way it's just, i don't know ain't that the truth people feel yeah. invisible very well said because i think you're you're bang on on this one and this is interesting you know i i don't believe in coincidences i believe that everything happens for a reason and yeah. i think the reason that i am on this podcast right now and we're speaking about little things because we we've we've been speaking about this for almost an hour all the little things that you can do to help others mm -hmm. i have hundreds i probably have 50 hours of of free hugs recorded maybe wow. 40 50, oh yeah i have a ton oh, maybe i'm exaggerating 50 hours no that's a lot probably two hours five six times so at least 10 hours at least 10 or yeah. 12 hours that's more yeah, yeah it's a lot but I have content. I could probably post a reel of me giving a free hug every day for the next year and still have some in reserve. So I think the reason I'm here on this podcast today is to remind me that I should share it mm. because maybe it's going to bring joy in people's life. Like I'm always trying because a lot of the content I create is almost negative mm. because like here's a problem, but here's a solution. So it always has like a bit of a negative connotation, but right some of the content that works extremely well and especially like on a friday is cool content on a monday too like people are more of man i'm going back to work 
So if you can post the type of content that's a bit more humoristic or something that's kind, something yeah. that's... So I'm thinking that's why I'm here to remember that I have a lot of that type of content that I don't ever share anymore. Mm-hmm. Like ever. I do not remember last time I shared one of those and yet I have so many of them so so many like just me rewatching this brings like there's a video i made the first video i've ever made i did it it's a two and a half minute video Mm -hmm. i found a song online that i absolutely loved bought the rights for it commercially turns out the guy reached out to me I actually have a relationship with this guy now. He's an artist out of Canada. He's a Christian guy. I was not a Christian back then. Like I was just spiritual mm-hmm. and I love this song. So I used it. And then the guy reached out to me cause he saw the video and he's like, man, this is a cool video. And it's just, but just watching some of those videos actually make me cry. Like I look at this, I'm like, Oh man, I remember that. Oh man. I remember that guy. I remember this. There's, I remember going in a protest where there was about 120,000 people. Whoa. I gave the same guy four hugs. The same guy. Yeah. We saw him at the beginning when we started. And then, cause when you're giving hugs, it's slow, right? I'm not just walking. So right. I'm every time somebody stops me, I stop. And some of the time, once you start giving one, they're like, Hey, he's giving free hugs. Hey, he's giving free hugs. So it's just like you get mauled by people but we kept on passing each other. And every single time he was like, give me a hug, bro. Every mm-hmm. time. So in the same video, I have him four times. Wow. It's just, yeah. Yeah. So like those stories, I would have never lived those stories if it wasn't for as such as a simple act as doing that. But thank you. I think this, oh, yeah. one of the reasons I'm in the, I'm on this podcast is to remember that this might be a way that I can just share a hope with people something super simple it's already there i don't even need to oh man i have a lot of it i'm just scrolling through my folder (laughs) i keep everything right it's just ding 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 videos upon videos upon videos upon videos like i think i have three folders wow full of videos yeah oh i give in a lot of hugs oh man good times though yeah that's inspiring me to think about little kind acts because i think i I mean i have come you know it's like you see all the bad news every day and you're just like ah what do we do and so you start thinking macro scale like well how do we change the world and it's like well don't change the world just change someone's life you know and that can happen with one little act it's so easy to forget but so powerful like just right now as simple as this is do a free hug yeah. Like I dare anybody out there that's listening to this. How easy would it be for you to get a few of your friends to go to the most populated area that's around you, the most populated city and go right downtown on a Saturday afternoon when it's nice outside cuz you know people are going to be out. Yeah. Just go out. Just go see what's out there and just do that. Tell me that you do not have the power to do that. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. Like, I'm so inspired now that I'm going to post one. As soon as I hang up with you, I'm going to go post yeah. a video about this. But I'll, I'll share it on the feed too. <laughs> but it's, you know, 
oh man, I have one in Nashville. I never finished editing. Like I'd recorded for a few hours. We given so many, I got my first police officer there. Because oh, normally police officers won't, won't do this type of stuff because they can't, right? But I have him on camera. Wow. We're coming out of a store and he's just there. I'm like, just hold, I'm like, come on. Because I have my <laughs> sign and I have my shirt, so you can't miss it, right? So I'm just like, come on. And he actually went for it. So it's cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yep. But again, to your listeners, so simple. Mm -hmm. So, 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 so simple to be able to do that. Yeah. Because it really takes nothing to do. No. Everybody can do that. Get a few people, get a few of your groups, go to a soup kitchen, go to a, 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 an animal shelter. Mm -hmm. so simple takes nothing to do yeah man we've been, i've been babbling for a long time now no oh. i guess i guess we should probably wrap it up but <laughs> i think we've been going for like two hours now but yeah well it's, it was really fun to talk to you i'm really glad we got this opportunity um yeah it, it was worth the wait yeah, yeah, I was <laughs> definitely. I'm like, I mean, if you're ever down, I'd love to have you back on. And I have a couple friends that do it with me, and they couldn't join today because they're at work. But um, if you would be down, we would love to have you on again. Uh, anytime. Yeah. It's again. This is one of the other way that I give out. I give back to. Like the, you know, the. Um, I started a new podcast a couple of weeks ago. Men helping men. Yeah super short it's five minutes it's literally the podcast are seven to eight minutes long i introduce the guest it's dedicated to men that help men mm. i don't care that what you do you could be a coach you could be a gardener it doesn't matter i don't care what you do as long as your mission is to help men become better men i can i will have you on and all you have to do is to i introduce you ask you how you're doing Tell me what your most valuable lesson is. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned? How did it change your life? Go. I give you five minutes to just talk mm -hmm. about your most powerful story. I ask you a follow-up question. You answer. Podcast done. I share it on all my social media feed. Because the podcasts are so short, I'm capable of posting it to like all the podcasts itself because they're oh. eight, nine minutes long. So I'm yeah. capable of posting it Instagram, TikTok, YouTube facebook i'm able to post them everywhere that's genius actually. so i'm i'm giving my platform back because i still have a hundred thousand followers give or take on my platforms right mm -hmm. most guys don't get that and they'll never get that it's taken me a, a year full time to do it but this is my way of giving back this is my way of giving back some some of my platforms some of my effort to those to those guys that don't have that reach and all their, all their information is at the bottom. If you like what they said, they could be a coach just like I am. No problem. You want to deal with them? Contact information is at the bottom. Go for it, bro. No problem. So it's the same thing for me. So if you ask me to be back, I would be back. Because if I can help you guys get something out of it, I'm more than happy to do it. Well, greatly appreciate that. I mean, we're super small. So like when you first reached out, I was like, wow, like I feel honored, you know? Like someone wants to get on the show and our thing is just like sharing conversations with, you know, people from all areas of life, any topic really, I guess just to give 
a voice to people that aren't usually heard. And um, so like I have a lot of my friends from school on, we have other people we know on and it's just like a place for people to listen in and it doesn't have to be like, you know, big successful things like how do you do this in so much time or what are these strategies? It's kind of like just a place for people to listen to. So I really appreciate you coming on and it would be more of an, a great honor to have you back. So anytime, man, you know, I started podcasting about three and a half years ago mm -hmm. and I started with two microphones and a and a recorder, no camera, no nothing. It was just two mic with a portable microphone. And I would go talk to people. I know go to mm -hmm. pe people. I know next thing, you know, I'm talking to people that are known worldwide. Wow. Next thing you know, I'm doing it full time. I have millions of views on my on my content. So the the thing is, is this is where you start. Yeah. And when I started, I had people that had I had no reasons to be talking to, mm. but just because I reached out to them, just because I sent them an email, I called them just to say, hey, this the the guys the school of hard knocks. I've recorded a bunch of stuff with them. Like we did, I did podcasts with them. They had me on their show. I have, I have some stuff with them that have a hundred thousand, if not millions of views mm -hmm. on their platform. You know why? Because we met at the gym. James is so the, cool. Like James, the main guy, the guy that you see on camera all the time. Yeah. I'm at the gym with my girlfriend. My girlfriend's recording one of my workouts, but we have like really nice gimbal, really nice cameras. So we have about five, ten thousand $10,000 of equipment. And as a content creator, he's he, he's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. And he just shows up he's like, hey, man, what are you doing? Because he recognized like I'm she's not sitting here with a laptop or with a cell phone recording me. Right. Mm -hmm. So he just showed up and we started talking and I'm like, you know, I'm looking at him. I'm like, who the hell are you? Because he looks familiar. I just couldn't picture yeah. who he was. He's like, by the way, I'm. I'm one of the guys from the school of hard knocks. I'm like, yeah, okay. I know exactly who you are. Cause that's just uh -huh. last year. They, they had millions of followers last year already. Right. Yeah. And that's how it started. We recorded a bunch of stuff. We've, we talked to each other a couple of times, like every couple of months I'll get a text or I send him a text to see how they're doing, but they still interact with my, 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 um, my content every now and then. But the guys are just, you know, I met them at the gym. Mm -hmm. And I asked them questions. I recognized an opportunity right then and there. Because for all I knew, that was the only time I was going to meet him. So I'm like, hey, bro, how'd you do it? How'd you build millions of millions and millions of people on your platform? He's like, easy. Post, 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 post. I'm like, okay, I need to post more. And that's what I've been doing now. I post four, five, six, seven times a day on six, seven different platforms. Mm -hmm. So... But we ended up becoming friends. We ended up recording a bunch of stuff together. Well, friends, we know each other. Like, he's not a guy that I, if I need to bury a body, he's not the guy I would be calling. Uh -huh. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. And that's just because we started talking. Just because I asked him a bunch of questions. He's like, hey, man, you want to be on? So just the fact that I embraced the opportunity, talked to him, picked his brain, showed him that I was, I didn't do that in a way that I wanted to show him that I was interested. I just did it because if I meet people that are smarter than me, I will sit next to them and I will not leave them alone until they tell me to fuck off. <laughs> until you tell me to leave and stop asking you questions, I will want to know more about what you do, why you do it, how do you do it? Like, I want to learn from people. 
Mm-hmm. So, and that's that. That's all it takes. So, yeah, man, I'm happy. I'd be happy to come back. Yeah. Well, Let's figure it out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your post. I'm gonna share it, and then. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm just trying to think that I I have a bit of it. Uh, I probably have like a fifth or a tenth of it on okay. my Google Drives, and then the rest I have about I have three or four external drives that are packed with videos. Like I've been recording for so long and I keep everything. I don't delete anything. So everything I have, so now I can go back. I just need to find where they are. But I'm going to post one. I'll find one. I'll find a cool one right now that's already, I've already posted. Yeah. Because nobody's going to, nobody remembers. I could, you could post the same video every three months, not change anything and people won't remember that you've done it. So, but, but now I want to do something that will make people happy on this friday afternoon yeah well that's that's gonna be so cool and um yeah actually i'll um maybe you could just forward me all of your links i have a lot of them already from your resource page but i'd definitely like to help promote your brand too with the little we have but and vice versa so no but but vice versa i like to encourage other people too like if there's a there's something I can do. You let me know. Okay. So if you, you know what, I'm going to do it. Reply all. Just look at my email signature. Uh, uh, hold on. There you go. I just replied to your email. My stuff's at the bottom. Okay. Awesome. It's real Nico lagging everywhere. Okay. So if you look at a platform, you type that, chances are I'm there. All right. Well, I'll definitely share that and put it on the show notes and hopefully either get this up today or tomorrow. Um, takes a little bit to process, but yeah. No worries. Let me know. I'll share it. If you do reels and stuff like that, I'll share them. Okay. Um, all my appearances, I put them on my website too. So whatever traffic that goes to my website can see, and I just point to wherever, like I don't download the, the videos. I just point to wherever you're sharing it. So I point to your platform. Oh, so, yeah. I really appreciate that. hundred percent, man. I enjoyed it. It was it was really fun to talk to you. So, yeah, um, really looking forward to future collabs, and you have a great rest of your weekend. Um, just want to thank all the listeners for today's episode. I learned so much today, and just thinking about all of what we said, and just felt like a wealth of just things that I needed to think about but haven't in a while. So, I appreciate it, Nico. Thank you again. Thanks for having me on, man. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you.